Please listen carefully. Welcome to the NC State Philanthropy Podcast, telling the world how we think and do through the support of our friends, alumni, and more. I'm your host, Taylor Pardue. On this episode, we're joined by Katherine Miller, the Executive Director of Gift Planning here at NC State, to discuss planned giving and its importance to the university's long-term success. Thanks so much for joining us today, Catherine. To kick things off, tell listeners a little bit about yourself and what brought you to NC State. Absolutely. Uh, First of all, thanks so much, Taylor, for having me on here. I'm delighted to have the chance to join you and and talk a little bit about um, what I do and what my team does. Um, But my name is Catherine Miller. Uh, I'm the Executive Director of Gift Planning at NC State. Um, prior to um, coming to NC State, so I'm a um, not a native North Carolinian, but almost. I <laughs> moved here when I was about five, had the chance to grow up in the local Raleigh area, um, so was very familiar with NC State, of course, and all of that growing up. Um, uh, went to the light blue school down the road <laughs> for my degrees, um, but so always kind of stayed fairly local. Uh, after that, I went into um, public accounting here locally. Um, I'm a CPA and worked in um, public accounting for a number of years working with high net worth um, individuals and their families doing all sorts of tax work and um, then had the opportunity to transition that um, tax knowledge um, particularly in the realm of estate and gift work and individual charitable deductions um, over to uh, working at NC State and helping folks make um, tax advantage gifts and legacy gifts so has been a really really fun transition I've been here about uh, a little over seven years. Sounds like the, the perfect transition from that private sector, you know, your body of work into now working with NC State. Yeah. And you were joking about light blue. You know, it's one of those, um, you got here as quickly as you could kind of things. <laughs> That's right. So That's right. It was um, a wonderful uh, change. You know, I was not sorry to leave behind all of those uh, tax deadlines every April 15th. Sure. I throw a little hurrah that I'm uh, sitting where I am and not knee deep in tax forms. But it's, it's also been a, a true pleasure to, you know, work with donors and to feel feel um, making a difference and seeing the impact that working with these donors to plan these legacy gifts um, really has on the institution, on the students, um, on, on our future. So it's, it's really been a, a wonderful and enjoyable transition. So tell us, what all is involved in this role that you're in now? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually joined um, the Office of Gift Planning um, as an associate director um, of gift planning, working you know from day one with with donors um, to plan um, both legacy gifts, which are gifts in their estate plans. So we have donors that make gifts through wills and trusts. Um, they use retirement accounts to do beneficiary designations. So all those different vehicles, helping them you know plan what the purpose of their gift is um, and how to put that in place, working with their own attorneys and advisors. Uh, we also work on um, planned gifts that are not legacy gifts, that are current gifts. Um, typically, a planned gift that's current is going to be something that is tax advantaged. So rather than just you know writing us a check or swiping the credit card at year end, we have donors that make gifts of stock, um, which is a very tax advantage way to give. Um, For our donors who are 70 and a half and older, they can make distributions from their IRA um, called a qualified charitable distribution. We also work with donors that gift real estate to the university, um, much like a gift of stock is very tax advantage to gift the asset and then have us as the 
as the charity, you know, sell that um, asset instead of them. And so my team works with all of those types of gifts and, you know, working with donors to help understand what um, might be some options uh, that could be well suited for them, for them to take back and talk to their advisors and, and determine how they want to move forward. And then, of course, assist with the actual uh, transaction itself. And so, um, you know, I've been here, like I said, about seven years. I've gone through a number of roles. I'm now leading the team. Um, and so so with that comes a lot of um, other fun things we get to consider. Uh, so in addition to working with the donors, um, you know, now having my hands in, in things like the marketing that we do, mm-hmm. um, we have an annual um, event called the Pullen Society um, Luncheon, where our legacy um uh, donors are recognized every year and celebrated by the chancellor. So I get to uh, work with planning that event and um, getting that put together, which is always really enjoyable to celebrate the commitments that folks have made and see them come together. So lots of different um, elements there. You talked a little bit about it already, but I know there are some people who probably think plan giving, I can leave something to the university in my will. Mm-hmm. But talk a little bit more about the different vehicles that people can use, like your real estate and things like that. Uh, there's just so much that uh, I know can go into plan giving that people may not know about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it really is eye-opening, you know, kind of when you sit down and, and start to look at it. Um, there are so many options. As you said, you know, one really obvious um, thing that many people are familiar with is is a gift in a will uh, or a trust. You know, many people have a will that kind of establishes a trust and in the same manner can also leave a gift there. Um, but there are a lot of other options. So sometimes a gift in a will um, could be a set dollar amount, but it can also be a percentage of the estate. So that's a way to do it, um, depending what your goals are. Um, some folks also choose to leave a specific asset in their will. So some folks actually say, hey, I'm going to leave my house or you know, some other specific asset in particular under the will. Mm-hmm. Um, then we also think about, you know, there are ways to do it outside of the will. Um, so one great example of that is folks who have um, retirement accounts. You know, okay. um, if you think, you know, your 401k, IRA, or whatever other employer plan you might have, um, you're probably familiar when you set up that plan, you typically are required to fill in a beneficiary, um, you know, who would inherit that plan upon your passing. Um, and they, you, you are able to name multiple beneficiaries, you know, split that according to percentages. Um, and one thing that folks don't always know is that they can name a charity as the beneficiary or a beneficiary, depending how much, what she wanted to do for the charity as a percentage of that account. Um, and whereas, you know, in particular with retirement accounts, any individual that you name on that account when they inherit the account, they're going to be mandated to take distributions from that account and they are going to pay income tax on that, just like you do when you take distributions from your retirement account, right? Um, Assuming we're talking a traditional pre-tax account. Um, But charities that are inherit those accounts, it's completely tax-free because of course the charitable Mm -hmm. um, entity, there's no income tax there. So it's actually a great way to uh, it increased the size of your estate actually by cutting out the income taxes that otherwise would be assessed on the retirement account by naming a charity as a beneficiary there. It's very um, simple and straightforward. Typically, most folks can access their um, retirement accounts online, um, including designation uh, forms, and are able to just go online and update that really quickly and easily. So that can be a great way for folks who are interested in the 
tax advantages of giving to charity that way and instead leaving their family members assets that wouldn't be taxed. Um, it's also a great way for folks who are interested in making a gift to charity but aren't necessarily wanting to go to an attorney and redo their entire estate plan at the moment. Sure. It's a way that they can put that gift in place um, now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about maybe some of the stories, no names or, or numbers or anything, but some of the different venues that people can give to, the different areas across campus that people have benefited through uh, plan giving already, uh, scholarships, things yeah. like that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things I love about this job is I see such a breadth of areas of giving across campus. So I really get to see all the different incredible uh, things that NC State has to offer because, of course, donors support you know a wide spectrum of things. Um, of course, we see a lot of scholarships you know, folks who either uh, receive scholarships themselves and, you know, want to pay it forward uh, or didn't even necessarily receive a scholarship, but they feel that the education they received at NC State is really what set them up for success in their life. And they, they want to pay that forward to students that may not be able to afford that education on their own. Um, and so they set up scholarships, you know, all across the university. We see, you know, scholarships at all of the different, um, you know, colleges. You know, some of them are specific to a major. Some are, you know, broad within a college itself. Um, and so we see a lot of that. But we also see folks that give, um, make gifts unrestricted to certain programs. So maybe their home department or areas like university libraries um, or the uh, academic and student affairs, you know, things like that, that, student, uh, that um, donors will provide broad unrestricted support to. It's always wonderful getting to explore with folks what the options are for them and what it what it is they're passionate about and what they'd like to accomplish. So, you know, we come in and we get to talk to folks about, well, you know, of course, there's always a conversation about the program they graduated from. You know, many folks do um, tend to that, but a lot of folks also have other passions. They may be passionate, as I said, about libraries, athletics. You know, we've got... Um, a lot of animal lovers with mm-hmm. our College of Veterinary Medicine. Um, so there's tons of, you know, areas across campus that uh, are just really whatever our donors are interested in that we're able to kind of offer different options to help structure their support there. You mentioned earlier uh, pulling society mm-hmm. and different things. You know, tax benefits are kind of the obvious for plan giving. What are some of those current benefits that a plan giver can enjoy now? Yeah, absolutely. So that the Poland Society, that's something that's really important to us. And as you said, kind of making sure that our donors really um, can still experience some of the, the benefits of what they're doing, even though that gift may not be occurring now. So of course, with our current, um, you know, uh, tax efficient planned gifts, right, they're getting their tax benefits and they are uh, perhaps seeing that gift now if it's something they're transferring like stock or real estate and they're seeing the gift put to work, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. Um, but we have many donors who um, are making their legacy gifts, right? And it's a retirement beneficiary designation or it's a gift in their will. And so that gift won't actually come to fruition until, of course, they've passed away, which is um, not a great time for us to be saying thank you. So we uh, love the opportunity to induct these folks into our Poland Society, have them to the annual luncheon, uh, give them the chance to meet and interact with other donors who have sim- similar inclinations um, regarding their legacy plans. We have certain events for you know Poland Society that sometimes we're able to host small groups, you know, theater, athletic events, things like that. Um, but of course, the the luncheon is our, our big event for the whole group each year. We also have colleges and units that 
are very good about trying to include our legacy donors. Um, for example, if their gift is going to be directed for scholarship, mm-hmm. they are typically included in that college's annual scholarship um, reception so that they have the chance to hear from current scholarship recipients and have that experience similar to current donors. We are so deeply appreciative you know, of the commitments these folks are making. We really want them to feel that and to experience all the good that they're going to be doing in the future through that stewardship now. And I think that's something that they really enjoy. Um, the other piece I didn't mention uh, that, that my office handles is um, life income gifts, which is a really okay. interesting hybrid. So it's folks that are actually transferring assets now, um, often gifts of cash or stock to fund, uh, for example, a charitable gift annuity or a charitable trust. Um, so they are getting their, their tax deduction. Um, but with those gifts, they receive payments back mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of their life. And the actual charitable component doesn't come until they pass away. And so again, mm-hmm. you know, pull and society and these other events that we do still allows them to experience um, kind of the benefits of that future gift that they'll be making. I love that aspect of, yeah, that current gratitude. Uh, of course, so much of what we do here at the university is thanking donors, but being able to go ahead and show plan givers, especially that, you know, what your gift will do in the future, you know, going, like you said, going in and meeting scholarship mm-hmm. recipients, things like that. I think that has probably been the biggest eye-opener, probably is stepping into my role here at the university, working in the philanthropy side of things, is I say some people may not know about plan giving. Some people may think it's just, but that was me coming in was, I thought it was as simple as, you know, you left something in your will and it went to the university. But I've loved learning so much more about it and, like you said, the myriad ways that it benefits the university. So, Yeah, we're very fortunate to... Um, have a program here where we're able to meet donors where they are. Um, you know, for example, the life income gifts, our ability to accept real estate. Um, not all charities are, you know, able to do that. We have a fantastic real estate office that helps us with uh, the process of doing that and then selling the real estate. And so it really enables us to offer donors, you know, the tax benefits of certain um, assets to make sure that they can make their charitable giving in the way that really makes the most sense for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just, you know, a one size fits all approach of, you know, we only take cash or check. Sure. We, we try really hard to um, be able to accept gifts in whatever manner makes sense for the donor mm-hmm. um, and in and, and legacy gifts as well, right? That we kind of can work with folks to um, structure things in their estate plans and of course working with their advisors, but you know, whether it's whether they want to set up a scholarship or things like that, that we'll work with them now so that they will choose, for example, the name of the scholarship, the criteria of what that student will look like in the future, and that's all laid out now in their plans. Mm-hmm. So in the future, when that funding comes in, everything has already been structured and laid out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. well, I love that too, because it's not, like you said, it's not just cash or check, but it's also, uh, you mentioned a percentage. Mm-hmm. It's, you don't have to give a certain amount to benefit NC State. It can be relative to what you, you mm-hmm. have. I mean, it mm-hmm. really is a, not a one size fits all. It's, it's very personalized. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's a big question for you know a lot of folks that we sit down with because that's the big unknown, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows what will be left at the end of the day sure. because we don't know when that will be. And everybody kind of hopes, well, hopefully we don't have too much left. Hopefully we've, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, had a, a really long, enjoyable life. Sure. Hopefully we've traveled until we're, you know, 98 and a half and done lots mm-hmm. of great things. Um, and, and spent down all those assets. It's kind of what everybody hopes for, um, uh, for the most part. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
but but yeah it's looking at well what makes sense you know if you want to do a scholarship we have certain minimums there that have to be met um but you know unrestricted gifts there's no minimums to meet or sometimes we have folks that may have gone ahead and established the scholarship during their lifetime um and they just want to enhance it through their legacy plans and add to that and so um really sometimes doing it as a percentage of whatever may be left um can make the most sense for them I think that helps too. I'm sure uh, from from your role, you've seen this too, that it helps people go ahead and be thinking of that long-term planning when they don't have to worry about the unknowns like that. Mm -hmm. They can go ahead and plan accordingly Mm -hmm. uh, and just go ahead and start reaping the benefits of it too, being able to meet scholarship recipients and and be part of pulling society Mm -hmm. and things like that. So Yeah. yeah, it just helps helps even more with that. That's one thing we hear a lot from folks is, you know, as they begin the process of, you know, working on estate plans, um, and, and oftentimes, you know, there's a trigger for that, right? Mm-hmm. Folks may be experiencing some sort of life event. Um, you know, there's something that's kind of triggered them to do this, but we all know that estate planning is very few people's uh, top uh of their list of fun things to do, right? Sure. And nobody says, I really want to, this year, that's what I really want to do. I'm going to spend a bunch of time, you know, I'm going to sit down with an attorney, I'm going to structure out however I want anything, and I'm so excited about it. That's not typically what we're hearing from mm-hmm. folks. Um, and it's a process, and it's something folks don't always enjoy thinking about. Sure. Um, but we routinely hear from folks that, you know, go through the process as they are working their way through the process and as they're wrapping up their plans that they are so glad to be getting on the other side of that, that they feel this burden has really been lifted, um, that they're, that something is in place, right? Mm-hmm. That some, and they feel good about it and that they can just move forward and not have it hanging over them. Sure. Right. And they, they can go off and do all the things and enjoy <laughs> themselves because they've taken care of all the paperwork now. Um, and so that is something, um, a great sense of relief, um, that their plans are, you know, done, of course, can always be revisited. Nothing's, you know, nothing's set in stone, Um, but just a great relief for many folks to kind of have at least something on paper and then to be able to enjoy, as you said, then they can just enjoy doing all of the things, meeting the students, joining Poland Society and going off and and doing all the things they wanted to do. So it's really a pleasure to work with folks. They typically, they find a lot of joy in this process. um, And that's, that's a great thing to be a part of. I love to hear that as well. Like you said, not just from a negative to a neutral, but a negative to a positive mm-hmm. feeling of it all. Yeah. What are some of the other maybe uh, frequently asked questions that come up for your office that kind of come to mind that maybe we haven't touched on already? Oh, gosh. Because <laughs> <laughs> like you said, I'm sure there's the metaphorical, the unknown just of, of life and everything, but there's the um, probably the unknown, too, of just the financial side of it, maybe yeah. the questions that come up. Yeah, I think some of the, the, the most common questions we hear, honestly, is what does this encompass? What are my options, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many folks I sit down with. They're coming in um, with very little awareness of the myriad of options, right? We talked Mm -hmm. about, right? They may have heard, yep, I can make a gift in my will. Um, And they're not aware of this kind of whole realm of options that are offered to them. And so to be able to sit down and say, yes, you can do a gift in a will and we can help with that. But also, you know, do you want to consider a gift through, for example, a retirement account? We can talk about tax benefits there that they may not have considered. We can talk about um, tax benefits of current gifts. You know, there's a, a great story, a donor I worked with early on. I was told that he wanted to talk about a planned gift to set up a scholarship endowment. So I said, okay, that's wonderful. You know, we sit down, we start talking about how he could do it. He was thinking about a gift in his will and kind of walked him through everything. And you know, as our conversation progressed and he started talking about 
you know, I really wish, he said, you know, I really wish I could do this now, but I just, you know, I'm not in the position to do that. And I, and of course we hear that a lot. And sure. I said, of course, and we're just really grateful that you're going, that you intend to do this in your legacy plans. And that's um, a common thing to hear from folks. Cause of course, setting up a scholarship is a significant financial commitment to make now. And a lot of folks are more able to do that through their legacy plans. Um, but he started talking about wanting to make an, an annual gift. And so we kind of transitioned the conversation. And I said, um, well, have you ta- have you thought about how you're going to make the annual gift? And he said, well, I'm just going to write a check. But it was, uh, you know, a fairly sizable amount. And I said, well, have you thought about um, gifts of stock? Is that something you've ever considered? There's some tax benefits there. Mm-hmm. And he was not familiar with that. And he asked me to kind of walk him through that. And so, you know, we sat down there and I kind of walked him through numerically how that works and kind of what the tax benefits would be. And he just sat there and said, I have never heard this before. This is amazing. When I was talking to you about funding a scholarship, I was just thinking about my cash that I have. But if I can use stock, Mm -hmm. I could do this now. And it had not ever occurred to him that he could use stock to fund an endowment now. And he was just so beyond excited that this gift that he really was so excited about making but thought that he wouldn't get to see uh, happen, that he said, I can, he said, I can do this right now. I can do this before the end of the year. Oh, it was uh, approaching the holidays. And so he funded that scholarship through a gift of stock. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's now been probably four or five years that he's been able to meet his scholarship recipients. And he is oh, just wow. over the moon about it. And so really being able to help folks um, find avenues that they may not have known were possible for them um, and just seeing how much um, joy and excitement it brings to them is is one of the things that keeps them here it's just so fulfilling to that's help right. with that yeah I think that's a perfect segue too what is the there I guess there is no typical meeting planning and everything but walk a listener through how they can find out more information about plan giving mm-hmm. here at the university and kind of what that process looks like yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I'll say that we have our website um, for the Office of Gift Planning. If you visit ncsugift.org, um, you'll find our contact information there. Okay. Uh, we have a main line for our office, which is um, 919-515-5106. Um, and there's an email address listed there as well. Um, and so please, you know, pick up the phone, mm-hmm. send an email. Um, but yes, we anybody who either... Um, may have already included us in their plans and not notified us Mm -hmm. and would like to have a conversation about that. If you'd like to um, join Poland Society, if you'd like to come experience some stewardship events, um, perhaps if your gift was uh, just left very broadly in your plans, but if you'd like to talk about maybe something more specific, if you'd like to talk about setting up a scholarship and how that would work, we would love to have that conversation with you. Um, Or if this is just something you're considering, it's not in your plans yet, but you'd like to talk about what the options could be, um, please reach out. Myself and my team um, are regularly available to sit down with folks. We will talk about, you know, what all the options might be um, for you and the type of gift that you're considering. Uh, If we're talking about a legacy gift or a current gift or both, if you'd like to hear that, we kind of start with you. You kind of tell us what some parameters are and what you're thinking about. and, And then we kind of lay out what some avenues may be for that. We um, can help you walk through different options for scholarships. We can help you look at different areas of campus. We can introduce you to folks in those areas of campus if you have more specific questions about their programs. Um, so really is a, um, I think, a very comfortable 
um, you know, very donor friendly process, we kind of take your lead, right? And if you want to come in and meet with a lot of folks and have a lot of conversation, we absolutely make that happen. If you want to keep this private, if you want it to be anonymous, if you just want to speak strictly with somebody from my team and just get kind of the paperwork and legal logistics squared away, then we can assist with that in, you know, a private and confidential manner. So uh, we really let um, the donor's desires kind of guide that process. Okay. You brought up a great point. I'm so glad you did. Whether they want to keep it public or private, mm-hmm. if they have already included NC State in their um, their future plans, mm-hmm. but they have not notified us yet, talk about the importance of documentation. Absolutely. Um, well, first of all, you know, on our end, we just want to be notified because we really want to thank you. We really mm-hmm. want to celebrate you and invite you to all these things and um, help you kind of see that. Uh, impact of your future gift. Um, But beyond that, there really are a lot of um, administrative things to consider. Um, So one other thing my team does, in addition to what we talked about here, uh, we also work on the backside of estate gifts. And so all gifts that are currently being received by the university from folks who have passed away come through my team. And we're the ones that work with the attorneys and executors to actually bring those gifts in the door. And so we see, um, you know, a a lot of situations where we, you know, gifts that we weren't aware of and um, didn't have the chance to have those conversations. And, you know, plenty of them are straightforward, right? And it's just, they've left an unrestricted gift and that's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are a lot of nuances that people often aren't aware of if they haven't had Um, conversations with anybody at NC State. So for example, um, many universities have just one foundation or perhaps two. Sometimes their primary foundation and their athletics are separate, but they might just have one or two. Mm -hmm. Here at NC State, we have um, upwards of 10 or so foundations. A lot of our larger colleges have their own foundations. Um, In addition, we have the NC State University Foundation, which um, encompasses several of the smaller colleges, as well as our units like libraries um, and Department of Academic and Student Affairs and things like that. And so first of all, knowing which foundation even to name mm-hmm. in your plans is is really important depending on how you want that gift to flow. Um, if folks haven't had a conversation with us ahead of time, you know, they may indicate in their plans that they would like it to go for a scholarship, um, but oftentimes aren't able to get um, more detailed than that, you know, just working with an attorney. Um, whereas if they include our team in those conversations, we actually can work um, to get that scholarship document prepared ahead of time. Um, so beyond just the name, again, those the criteria, because we can have conversations about what criteria we are able um, to allow. And, sure. and there are certain criteria that, you know, federal guidelines prohibit mm-hmm. um, from using. And so kind of having those conversations with folks to help them understand, um, you know, merit-based or need-based, or do you want it to be students from a particular county or a particular major and kind of helping them work through those processes that may not be things um, that they kind of got to that level of conversation just in their own estate planning. And like you said, nothing is quote-unquote set in stone. Mm -hmm. Things can always be revisited and everything, but it's just a good starting point to to really get the ball rolling and get them thinking about plan giving and uh, get something on paper and then go from there as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, anything we're talking about with a legacy gift, right? A gift in a will or a trust or a retirement designation, you know, the donor can go back at any point in time and, you know, go back to their attorney and revise their will or trust or go online to their um, account custodian and change their beneficiaries. They always have the option to do that. Um, but this gets things in place so that, you know, assuming that that gift 
does stay in place, um, that we know exactly what to do with it. Um, and that's a great point. I'm, I, this just kind of popped into my head, but you were asking about something we see with gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, retirement gift designations are becoming a much more popular vehicle okay. these days. And an interesting thing to know about that, and I mentioned the tax advantages there, mm-hmm. is that oftentimes when you are making that designation online with your custodian, um, Oftentimes, the only kind of space they give you to input is the actual entity name and tax ID Um, number. So oftentimes, all folks are being able to input is, for example, the NC State University Foundation. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all it says. And so without a conversation with us here at NC State, you know, that gift in the future is just going to come as an unrestricted gift that Mm -hmm. could benefit a huge number of areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if they were to, you know, call us up and say, hey, I want to make a gift. I think I want to make a gift through retirement designation. Mm -hmm. There's a form that we can provide them where they indicate on there, I would specifically like this gift to be used for X. You know, is it a specific program? Is it a specific fund? Do they want to set up their own scholarship? And so it provides a a documentation on our end that in the future, when that gift comes in, we'll open the file and say, oh, we were aware of this gift. The donor specifically mm-hmm. wanted this to go uh, to benefit, you know, program X. And so it's, and provide those restrictions on the gift that they may not be able to input in the particular vehicle that they're using. Just the added yeah. level of ensuring that the mm-hmm. donor gets what they wanted exactly. accomplished. Yeah, that know? their their wishes are being followed. I mean, mm-hmm. this is their legacy, right? True. And we really want to make sure that it's exactly what they envision. You mentioned in your donor example uh, that they were excited to get it in before the end of the year. Is there a better time? Because, uh, you know, plan giving, it's all future thinking. Mm-hmm. But is there a better time of year than another uh, tax-wise uh, that uh, a potential donor should contact you and be considering making a planned gift or is it uh yeah so if we're talking about a legacy gift not really right okay. because there's no it's not gonna uh be realized and presumably in the particular mm-hmm. you know year. Um, so legacy gift, you know, I find that folks typically aren't terribly hot on working on their estate plans uh, once you hit November. Uh, so that's more of a January to October task for okay. most people. Um, but no, we, we kind of do that year round. Um, the particular example I was mentioning, he ended up um, actually transferring stock uh, to fund that gift currently. And so for him, there was a tax deduction. Okay. Um, so of course he had was able to get that done before year end and take the tax deduction for that, you know, current year. Um, so sometimes folks, if they're looking at gifts of stock or real estate or um, an IRA qualified charitable distribution, the timing um, of doing it in one tax year versus another is something that they want to look at. Okay, great. So really, just like the gift itself, it's whatever the donor wants to make out of it, when they want to make it. And, you know, it's really their, like you said, their legacy uh, in the truest sense of the phrase. Absolutely. Thanks again for joining us today, Catherine and for all that you and your team do to facilitate planned giving here at NC State. It really is an invaluable way to support the university. Oh, thank you, Taylor. I appreciate the opportunity uh, to to come on and and share uh, this information with folks. And I I hope, if anything, what they take away from this is if this is something they have any interest in at all, to to please know that myself and my team, you know, are just so happy to talk to folks. We're very friendly, I promise, and uh, have a lot of um, just, you know, easy conversations. And if if it's just some information you want to gather, we are just more than happy to spend the time and talk with you about that. Um, And if it suits you, that's wonderful. Wonderful. And if it doesn't, you know, we understand as well. We appreciate your interest in learning more. So please don't hesitate to reach out. That's what we're here for. Um, and thank you for taking the time to listen. For more information on how you can benefit NC State through plan giving, 
please visit ncsugift.org. If you'd like to hear even more stories of Wolfpack success, please subscribe to the NC State Philanthropy Podcast today in the Apple or Google Podcast stores, on Spotify, or through Stitcher. Be sure to leave a comment and rating as well to let us know how we're doing. Thanks for listening, and as always, Go Pack!